in God, the promises are yes and amen. That whatever you need from God, you can find it in Jesus. If you need a healer, you can find it in Jesus. If you need a friend, I can testify to that. You can find it in Jesus. If you need a way out, guess what? You can find it in who? Jesus. All you have to do is call on him. And every time you call on him, I promise you he's going to show up and he's going to show out. He's going to display his glory and his power in your life. Look, let me say this. I feel this. It doesn't matter where you call him. Hallelujah. He's going to show up. I don't care if you call him at work. Guess what? He's going to show up. You could be in your bed if you call him. He'll show up. It doesn't matter what time it is. God will show up. Look to somebody and say, he will show up. Every time you call him. Amen, praise God. Because we serve a God that shows up and shows out every time. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being the God that shows up and shows out on the behalf of your people. And Father, as we move forward in this service, God, continue to show up to us, God. Continue to reveal yourself to us, Father, through your word, God. Continue to draw us closer to you in your presence and in your spirit. Lord God, I pray now that you give me an anointing to preach this word with power and authority. That, Father, that as your word goes forth, Father, that we may see the manifestation of your word, God. That we may see, we may be able to receive the revelation. And, God, that we might not only just receive it but father my prayer is that you continue to allow us to respond to your word god i thank you for everything that you're doing in jesus mighty name we pray and everybody said amen Amen. i got one question for y'all are y'all excited for the word of god amen there is a word that word is coming from mark chapter 8 mark chapter 8 if you got your bibles go ahead and turn it with me mark chapter 8 a few verses verses 22 through 26 Mark chapter 8, you know, what I love about God is how he leads us to, uh, he allows everything to align itself. God, whenever God sends a word, he has a way of confirming that, hey, this is, the, what, this is what we need in this moment. And we was in Sunday school talking about um, if you don't have these certain characteristics in your life, you will be blind. And my Lord, we talk today, I got a word to help you get vision. So, Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. When you get there, I got an amen in the baby. Thank you. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. And he says, and he comes to Bethsaida, and he brings a blind man unto him, and he besought him to what? Touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, And when he had spit on his eyes, my Lord, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And the man looked up and said, I see men as what? Trees walking. Somebody say trees. Verse 25. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes. And he made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Pay attention to what Jesus says. And he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. Your Bible says that. 
Amen. So just, just for a few moments, I want to preach and teach from the thought what to do when you need vision. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, what should I do when I need vision? Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Growing up, I loved to watch this show called The Wiz. Y'all know about The Wiz. The Wiz, I would borrow the, um, the DVD from my grandma, and I would watch it on repeat until my, my DVD, it was about scratched out to the point where I couldn't play it anymore. And in the movie The Wiz, when the Harlem school teacher Dorothy, she tries to save her dog from a storm, she is miraculously whisked away to an urban fantasy called Odds. She goes to the Oz, and after accidentally killing the Wicked Witch of the East upon her arrival, Dorothy is told about the Wiz, a wizard who can help her get back to Manhattan. So as Dorothy eases on down the yellow brick road in search of the Wiz, she's joined by the Scarecrow, y'all know this story, by the Tin Man, that's my favorite character, fun fact, the Tin Man, and that old mean old line. Y'all know this song. Anyhow, what was unique about these news partners on her journey was that they had issues too. The scarecrow, he felt unintelligent. The tin man, he felt like his life lacked passion and feeling. And ironically, the lion, he lacked confidence. So they joined Dorothy, watch this, on their trip down the yellow brick road to see the whiz. Because hopefully, the Wiz can use his powers to help them too. So once they get to Oz, they get to the Oz and they, they sing green. Everything is green. Y'all know, know that. Have y'all seen the movie? Everything should be red. Anyhow, when they get to Oz, uh, they get to the Emerald City, they meet the Wiz, and, but, they, but after they meet the Wiz, they become disappointed. Because the Wiz was not who he said he was. He didn't help them the way that they expected him to help them. But what the Wiz did, watch this, what, what, what the Wiz did do was help them recognize that everything that they felt like their lives lacked, they already possessed it in great quantities. The Wiz helped them to see that the only thing that they lacked was vision to see what was already on the inside of them. And here's the thing that I need you to catch this morning. God has created us and provided us with all of the potential, all of the power, all of the purpose, all of the wisdom that we need to see his glory in our lives. But we have yet to come to recognize and see it for what it is. As a person who is blind, they're always walking past key features that bring them direction. Sometimes we lack spiritual vision. We are overlooking all of the signs and the revelations that God is giving us to draw us closer to him and to our purpose. But I need to tell somebody today, God is here today to give you vision. Hallelujah. God is here today to give you spiritual vision. God is here today to make things clear for us once again. No longer will we miss our blessings because we didn't see them. Good God from Zion. No longer will we make a mistake and mismanage our situations because we didn't see what was, what was the right thing to do. No longer 
will we be blind in our decisions and our directions? But today we will see. Let me say that again. Today you will see. Today you will receive your spiritual vision. Our testimony will be amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I once was what? Blind. But now I see. Today, you're going to be able to sing that song that I'm going to see my vision clear. I'm going to see my way out. I'm going to see my purpose. I'm going to see the revelation of what God wants to do in my life. Today is the day that God gives us spiritual vision. Because everything that God has wants for you to release is already on the inside of you. You just need to open your eyes to see what he's placed on the inside of you. I hope I'm making sense. While the man in our text was seeking Jesus, watch this, to restore his physical vision, there are times in our lives where we need God to restore our spiritual vision. If you're taking notes, I'm about to give you something to write down. Spiritual vision goes beyond what is visible or what is seen in our natural eyes, and it discerns the plans, the purposes, and the intents of God's heart. Watch this. Spiritual vision is a synergy of knowledge and understanding. For you to have spiritual vision, you must have knowledge and you must also have what? Understanding. Y'all repeat after me. Say knowledge, Knowledge. understanding. understanding. Amen. Praise God. So in other words, spiritual vision is both insight and foresight into our situations. If you're writing notes, put that in your notes. Spiritual vision is insight and foresight into our situation. I'm about to break it down. Insight is having the ability to know and understand which spiritual factors are at work in our lives. Insight is having the ability to know and understand which spiritual factors are at work in our lives. Let me tell you this. I I think I told us this last week. Everything that happens to us in the natural realm of our lives has its root in a spiritual principle or purpose from power. As we continue our daily journeys in life, we must remain sensitive to God's spirit or the spirit, um, God's spirit so that he can show us what's working behind the scenes. You got to be, stay in tune with God's spirit so he can show you the invisible truth or the invisible spirit behind the occurrences in your life. That when things happen, we have to ask ourselves whether it is God at work to accomplish his will, the enemy being busy, attempting to make us fall out of our faith, or if it's a result of a fundamental truth playing itself out in our life. Let me say that again. When you're going through things in life, when you are encountering things, you have to ask yourself, is this God working to accomplish his will? Is this the enemy being busy and being petty and being frustrated, attempting me to lose trust in God? Or is this just a result of a fundamental truth playing itself out in my life? Let me give you an example. Y'all following me? For example, being terminated and being and transitioning from a job can look like defeat and it can be discouraging. And when you lose your job, I, I know how it feels. However, when you look in the spirit, you may see that God ordained that termination and ordained that rejection to re- redirect you to somewhere else. Another example, like Eve. 
when we cross paths with things that look to be appeasing and things that look pleasing to our eyes, it may not necessarily be good for us. Because it can possibly be the enemy attempting to lure us into temptation or a trap that has been set to lead us to destruction. I hope I'm following. I hope I'm making sense. Final example is when something good or something bad happens as a result of something we have done, we have to recognize that that's the spiritual principle, the spiritual um, truth that you reap what you sow. Good God from Zion. That when things happen, sometimes it's not even God doing things. Sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's the consequences of our own actions. So you have to recognize whether this is God work in my life, whether this is the enemy trying to frustrate me or distract me, get me out of faith with God, or if, if this is just a consequence of something happening in my life. So, allowing God's spirit to help us to discern or trace things to its root is the first step to spiritual vision. Allowing God to, God's spirit to help you to discern and trace the things to its roots is the first step to spiritual vision. I hope you're catching this tonight, today. Next, after you have insight, you also have to have what? Foresight. Somebody shout foresight. Uh, shout it. Say foresight. Foresight, thank you. I hear you over here. Foresight is understanding the direction that the Lord desires to take us in. I'm going to say that again. Foresight is understanding the direction that God wants to take us in. It's allowing God's spirit to reveal to us the end result of a certain path, the end result of a certain experience based on the spiritual force at work. I'm going to say that again. So once God shows you what's working behind the scenes, then you have to allow him to show you what's going to be the end of that thing. The Lord says in Isaiah 46 and 10, I declare the end from the beginning and the ancient times from what is still to come. God already knows the end of our story. As a matter of fact, I know that God knows the end of your story because he wrote the script. Good God from Zion. I know he knows, he, I know he knows the end of your story because he wrote the script. He knows and he can tell us about every plot twist. He can tell us about every turn of events. He can tell us about every character change in our lifetime story. Why? Because he wrote the script. And when we sit before God and listen to his spirit, he will share with us his secrets and what the future has in store for us. If you will sit with God, God will tell you how things are going to turn out for you. I promise you he will. If you will sit before God in prayer, sometimes you don't even have to say nothing. You just sit there and listen. And when you just get into God's presence and just listen, I promise you God will speak. I think sometimes we come into our prayer time and we always want to get something out. We want to get something out, say what we got to say, and so we can leave that moment. But here's the thing. When you really want to experience God, sometimes you're going to have to block out certain times for you to come and pray, get what you need to get out, but then just listen to God's spirit. And when you do that, that still, small voice will come into the room and he will speak wisdom to you. He will speak revelation to you. He will show you things that you have no idea of figuring out on your own. But it will only happen when you sit before God in his presence. I hope I'm making sense. So we have to activate our faith 
and allow God to give us, watch this, this visual image in our minds of where he's taken us and the potential turnouts in our lives. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't happen. Watch this. God giving you um, vision doesn't happen when you jump to conclusions um, based on your own understanding. But when you let the Holy Spirit add faith to the insight to your spiritual imagination, we have to learn to let God make use, watch this, of the insight he has given us. Let me say it again. You have to learn to allow God to make use of the insight he has given us. One thing I have learned about many people is that we are able to pick up on things. We are able to discern things. You say, God, I feel this. God, I sense that. God, I, I pick up that you're doing this. God, I pick up something is wrong. But when God shows you something, you then have to pray, God, what am I supposed to do with this information? Okay, God, you showed me, you showed me that this is my issue. God, show me how to respond and to respond to that insight, right? So insight is God giving you facts, giving you the information to your situation. And foresight is, is God allowing you to show you how to navigate through that insight. I hope I'm making sense. So spiritual vision is what? Insight and what? Foresight. I hear you, Miss Barbara. Yes, is insight and foresight. So, and when we have the insight of what's going on behind the scene and the foresight to where our path is taking us, we can properly respond to our life situations. When you're going through things, I need you to pray God give me insight and God give me foresight, and then you'll be able to respond to your situation better. I hope I make sense to y'all. I know I'm not hooping and hollering. I'm not screaming. But I'm giving you something that you can use. In our text, we see how Jesus restored the vision to the blind man. And if we want God to give us spiritual vision, we must go through this same process. If you really want God to open your eyes to what's happening right here behind the scenes, hallelujah, what's happening right under your nose, you got to go through this process. Let me tell you this. Vision, number one, it requires consecration. It requires, number one, consecration. The Bible says that Jesus took the man by the hands and led him out. Somebody say, lead him out. Oh, go ahead, shout it. Say, lead him out. Before Jesus would even begin to perform the miracle on the man, he pulled him away from the crowd. Watch this. He did this to pull him away from the access of distractions. The people, watch this, listen. The people, they served their purpose in bringing the blind men to Jesus, but now God desired to do something beyond their power through him. Watch this. There's some things in our lives that have been adequate enough to get us to where we are. Good God from Zion. But God, now God desires to do something beyond what they can do. For example, there are some people who have been good and they have been sincere intentions for our lives but their opinions will only distract us from the path that God wants us to take. There are some opportunities. There are some things before us that seem to be good, but they're only distractions from what God really has for us. And if we're not careful, those, th- those distractions will become a clutch and rob us from our future in God. Let me tell you this, we can literally miss what God has for us and cut ourselves short in our potential and in our experience. Why? Because we become distracted. My question to you today is what is trying to distract you? 
what is trying to distract you. Sometimes people have a good intention, and they can be saying all of the right things, but it's still a distraction. Good God from Zion. Sometimes things can look like an opportunity. God, this is a good move, but sometimes that can be a distraction from what God has for you. So now, in order to avoid distractions, you have to learn to consecrate yourself. Consecration consists of two things. Uh, it, it, is, it is both separation and dedication. The equation for consecration is separation plus dedication. Separation. Jesus had to get the people, watch this, out of the man's ears so that he can see clearly. I'm going to say that again. Let that sink in. Jesus had to get the people out of the man's ears so that he can see clearly. Let this sink in. Jesus had to get the people out of the man's ears so that he can see clearly. Jesus had to get the people out of the man's ears so that he can see clearly. If we really desire to see what God is doing in our lives and what's happening around us, we are going to have to limit uh, the access to others speaking their opinions, others speaking their outlooks, others speaking their objectives for our lives into our minds. Let me tell you this. You are going to have to get some people out of your ears so that you can see God clearly. Because having too many voices trying to counsel us in our pursuit or counsel us in our vision and our understanding from God will actually leave us confused. Now, the Bible does say, he says, um, in the abundance of counsels, uh, like you will be able to make good decisions. So, yes, seek out wisdom, seek out counsel, but you have to be careful who you seek it out from. Because too many voices will have you confused. For example, if we were all to begin to shout at a loud volume in this room, there would be no clarity. There would be no clarity of what somebody is saying, but there will be confusion and chaos. Yet we expect clarity in our lives when social media is shouting for us to be this and social media is shouting for us to do this thing and we're trying to keep up with this or that. Good God from Zion. Too, be, too many times we're trying to have clarity in our lives, but when our families are shouting their expectations for us, we're trying to have clarity in our lives when the news is shouting this and these events will happen to cause us fear. We want clarity in our lives, but our friends are shouting things that we're afraid to miss out on. And as long as you're listening to all of the shouts, you will not be able to see God clearly. So if we want to see like the man in our text, we have to separate ourselves from all of the things that will keep us from hearing God's voice. Let me say that again. Sometimes you will have to unplug from the world, put your phone on do not disturb, put your spirit on do not disturb so that you can hear from God clearly. I hope I'm making sense. So consecration is first what uh, separation. But not only is it separation, but it's also dedication. Somebody shout dedication. The blind man, watch this. He had to transfer his trust from the people to Jesus. The blind man, he had to dedicate, he had to stop being dedicated to the people so that he can be dedicated to Jesus. And from this moment forward, when he did that, the blind man, he couldn't depend on the people to tell him where to go. He couldn't de no longer depend on the people to tell him what to do anymore. But he had to solely focus on what Jesus was doing. 
And sometimes when you're blind, when you're blind, you need some help. Good God from Zion. You need some help. You need some guidance. You need something. But there's a certain point in your life when you have to stop looking to people and start looking to Jesus. That when we sincerely consecrate ourselves, we stop expecting people and things of this world to provide us direction. You stop expecting people to provide validation to make you feel better about what God is doing in your life. No, but you transfer the expectation to God. I'm no longer looking for you to validate my feelings, validate my callings. No, I'm looking to God to do that. Because here's the thing I have learned is people can only do so much for us. Why? Because they're human too. Good God from Zion. People can only do so much for us. Why? Because they're human too. They have issues just like we have our issues. They have flaws just like we have our flaws. So we have to, guess what? Let people and things of this world serve their responsibility and their role in leading us to God and not expecting people and things to be our God. Set your expectation. To God for revelation. Set your expectation for God for validation. Set your expectation, hallelujah, this is going to be for somebody to listen to the podcast later, for God for your validation. When you set your expectation for God on that, good God from Zion, your vision will come. So it's vital that we learn to let people or influences in this world lead us to Jesus and then allow him to show us the way. So Allow people in your life to lead you to Jesus, and once you come to Jesus, let him show you what's next. So I have learned, I have learned, I have lived my life. I'm, I'm 23 now, and I, I, I thank the Lord that God has blessed me to be independent. I got my, thank the Lord, and when I say this, I'm not bragging. Got my own house, got my own car, got my job, and all due to God. And there was a certain place where I was always depending on my family to do something. I was always depending on my mama. God, mama, what am I supposed to do? Mama, how am I supposed to handle this? Mom, can you call the doctor and ask them to do this for me? Can you call and schedule my appointment? I was depending on my mama. I was depending on my grandma, depending on them to do these things. But there was a certain point in my life when I could no longer depend on people, but I had to start depending on Jesus. And so let me tell you this. You have to learn to tell people, I thank you for everything you've done, but God will take it from here. I think, look, family, I thank you for everything you've done, but God is going to take it from here. You got to tell some people at your job, look, I thank you for everything you've done, but God is going to take it from here. And so in that place where you are transferring your trust from people to God, that's when your vision will come. And I need you to focus on what God is saying and not what people are saying in your ear. Hope I'm making sense. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Not only does um, vision require um, consecration, but it also requires revelation. Revelation. The Bible says that Jesus took the man out of the crowd, then he took him to the side, and he spit on his hands and put his hands on that man's eyes. Jesus literally... Put his saliva out of his mouth and put it on the man's eye. And if I could tell y'all the truth, I don't know what I would have done in that moment. Because some of us, you know you don't like nobody to spit on you. I, so I promise y'all would have, I wouldn't be able to take it. I probably would just be like, Lord, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Lord, never mind. Look, I done made it this far being blind. I could, I could go a little while longer. Because Lord knows I didn't have the strength to take that. 
But the Lord spit on the man's eyes, and he put his hands on the man's eyes, and that was his healing. And I believe that this is one of the most gross methods that Jesus has ever used to release his glory in a person's life. I mean, just nasty. Just nasty. Lord, like, I was like, Lord, you could have did it any other kind of way. But you decide to look. Take your spit that comes out of your mouth and to put it on his eyes. Yet this moment, it shows us a few things about how God operates. Watch this. If we desire to reclaim vision in our lives, what comes from God's mouth has to get on our eyes. I'm going to say that again. Jesus took his spit from his mouth and he put it on the man's eyes. If you want vision, if you would like to have vision in your life, what comes from God's mouth has to get on your eyes. Let me make it make sense. We have to filter our reality through the word of God. God has given us his word as a library of supernatural experiences to reference our reality back to. Revelation 19 and 10, one of my favorite scriptures, I say it all the time. The spirit of prophecy is what? The testimony of Jesus. Prophecy reveals what's on God's heart and God's mind for our lives. Got a question. Would it be nice if God could step into a room and have a conversation with you you and let you know everything he thinks about your situation? Wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice to God, you come on, sit down in my bed and talk to me. And what's crazy is, as believers, we have access to God in that way. Now, you literally have access to the thoughts, the mind, the heart of God. Where? Through his word. So if we want to know how God feels or, how, or, how he, or what he has in store for us ahead, we must compare our reality to the testimony and the story of Jesus. We got to compare what you're going through through the story of God's word. Because when we place our lives beside the word of God, the spirit of God will begin to reveal information and insight that will navigate us through our seasons and allow us to see the victory over the enemy. God will show us how we come short of his power. God will show us what to do. God will show us how to recover because the biblical experiences are our examples, hallelujah, of how we are supposed to live. So in that moment, that's when the rhema word of God comes. The rhema word of God is the what right now word of God. The, the Bible is God's logos word. It's his written word. But when you sit before God and allow God to show you how his logos word aligns with your reality, that's when the rhema word of God comes up. I hope I'm making sense. So God has the ability through his spirit to take his printed word and make it to a prophetic word for your life. God would take his printed word and make it a prophetic word for your life. This is why I told us Wednesday night, whenever you're praying, you need to pray the scriptures. Hallelujah. Because there's power in God's word. That when you begin to pray God's word in your prayer times, the spirit of God will begin to speak to you. That God's word is our key to his thoughts. Now, if you want to know how God thinks, begin to pray his word. And I promise you, I promise you, the Spirit of God will begin to speak to you. So, begin to pray God's word of your life. So, not only do you have to let what's on, come, what comes out of God's mouth get on your eyes, Jesus, when Jesus did this, he put the man in an uncomfortable position. 
When Jesus spit on the man's eyes, he put the man in an uncomfortable position. If we desire for God to restore our visions back to our lives, we must be willing to humble ourselves and allow his word to put us in uncomfortable positions. Watch this. It took more faith from the man to let Jesus spit on his eyes than any other method that Jesus chose to use. Because throughout scripture, Jesus healed other people through speaking a word, touching their bodies, telling them to go wash in the river of Jordan, go and do all of these other things. But in this moment, Jesus chose to what? Spit on the man's face. And I feel like this method was the one that took the most trust from God from the recipient receiving the blessing. And let me tell you this. We have to learn to be okay with however God chooses to work in our lives. You have to be okay with however God chooses to give you revelation. You have to be okay with however God chooses to reveal his will in your life. We always say it. God works in mysterious ways. Therefore, we have to be willing to, in, to trust God enough to do what he said he's going to do. Like the man in our text, God's word and his will over our lives is going to be that challenge. It's going to be that blessing. It's going to be that opportunity that requires the most faith and trust from him in the process. Let me say that again so you can take the notes. The, the vision, the theme that God has for you is going to be that challenge. It's going to be that opportunity. It's going to be that blessing that requires the most faith in your process. A few years ago, I had to come to the grips of this the hard way. I had to come to grips of this. I wanted to. I wanted God to bless me with certain things. And God, I wanted you to. I wanted God to bless me to go to this place, accomplish this, go to this place, meet these people, and to do that, all of that. But sooner or later, God said, "Nope, that's not gonna work. All of my plans failed. All of my plans, everything I hoped for, it failed. It it, it was shot down." I, in my mind, I was like, God, this is going to be good for me. This is going to be good for you. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be able to minister. I'm gonna, God, I'm going to be able to do all of these things. And sooner or later, God said, nah, nah, buddy, that's not what's going to happen. And so the plans in my mind, I had, to recognize, I had to recognize that the plans in my mind did not require faith from me. It only was to keep me comfortable. Hallelujah. Even though it looked good on the outside, it did not require faith from me. It was only going to keep me comfortable. So the Lord had to knock me down and call some things to, re to fail to reveal to me that I wasn't trusting him like I thought I was trying to trust him. He knocked, he allowed my plans to fail to show me that I wasn't trusting him the way that I used to trust him. He showed me that I wanted to be in control. Rather than exercise my faith. So the Lord caused a dead end in my journey. And what I had in mind. To show me that it requires more faith in the uncertainty. Than it does in our personal planned pursuits. God had to show me. I had to try. I had, I had to. Oh, I had to experience. I had to explore the uncertainty. I had to take the risk. Instead of just going with what I had planned. And it was in that place that God gave me vision. God places us in uncertain and uncomfortable situations to show us his will for our lives. I had to learn that sometimes God will stop our plans in order for him to put us back on track for what he wants us to do. Good God from Zion. So God can put us back on track and put us back together away from the connections, from the wrong connections. So if we want 
God, to give us revelation and vision, we have to ask him, what step, what action plan in our lives will require the most faith and trust from him? And that is the, de- the decision and the choice we need to make. I hope I'm making sense. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to go. The, flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I know it. Uh, so you got to have consecration. You got to have revelation. The last thing you need to have is devotion. I'm almost done. Devotion. The Bible says that Jesus, he put his hands, he spit on his hands, he put his hands on the man's eyes. The man, he says, what do you see? The man says, I see uh, men, but they're like what trees walk in. The healing in Bethsaida is the only instance of a gradual cure by Jesus. No doubt Jesus could have healed and restored the man's vision in one touch. But he decided to do it in what? Two times. He did it to show us that sometimes revelation and healing from God, it happened through stages. Sometimes revelation and healing from God, it happens through what? Stages. Somebody shout stages. There will be instances where God grants us total vision of his plans in the moment that we seek him. But then there will also be moments where God will give us his vision in stages and over time. And when God is giving you vision over time, our only job is to stay devoted to him until he makes everything clear. Let me say that again. You need to stay devoted to Jesus until he makes everything clear in your life. The man, he didn't leave Jesus till he could see everything clearly. We cannot move from God's presence until God has granted us vision. You need to keep on praying. You need to keep on praising God. You need to keep on fasting. You need to keep on worshiping. You need to keep on seeking God's face until God makes everything clear. Sometimes you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to be dedicated. You're going to have to be devoted. I can testify for myself. I had to learn to be okay with God showing me his will and the turnout of events rather than God giving me the full heads up from the beginning. I'm a very, I love to be prophetic, prophetic, and I love God. God, show me this. God, show me how this is going to happen. God, show me where this is going to go. But sometimes God refuses to show me and allows me to just experience some things to learn his will in the turnout of events. So look, because sometimes I have learned that when God doesn't show me it in the beginning, it requires for me, for me to have more faith and trust from him in the process. So you have to be okay with God not showing you everything in the beginning, but look, trusting him through the what? Process. Somebody shout process. I'm moving on. Our prayer is simply, throughout the process, Lord, keep your hands on me. When you want vision, Lord, keep your hands on, my, on me. What I love about this man's, um, blind man's experience is that it was centered around a conversation with Jesus. He was talking to Jesus. Jesus was talking to him, and that's where his clarity comes. Let me tell you this. Clarity is going to come when you get before God in prayer. God, let me hear me out. Let me hear. Let me say this. I'm, I'm moving on. God does not need our intervention He needs our intercession. I'm going to say that again. God does not need your intervention into situation. He doesn't need your help into into situations. No, he needs your intercession. He needs you to pray and to seek his face. Hallelujah. God, he doesn't want you to intervene. He doesn't want you. uh Because if you intervene, you're only going to get in his way. So what you have to do is learn to pray, Lord, keep your hands on me. That's it. Go ahead and say, Lord, keep your hands on me. 
There's a, a prayer I came across some years ago, and I want to I remind us of it. It's called the serenity prayer. You probably heard of it before. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm going to say that again. God, grant me the serenity, the peace, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Vision comes when we can remain devoted to God in our spiritual disciplines. I'm done. As I take my seat, somebody's going to say, Pastor, you don't need to preach that long no more. I'm trying to give y'all this word. As I take my seat, I, want, I like to hang my hat on this last thing that Jesus told the man once his vision was already restored. Verse 26. Jesus tells the man, neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Right? Jesus said, don't go back to where you came from, and don't even tell people what happened. When Jesus restored the man's vision, there were two things that Jesus wanted to change. He wanted to change the bondsman community, and he wanted to change his communication. Let me say that again. When Jesus restored the blind man's vision, there were two things that he wanted to change. He wanted to change the blind man's community and the blind man's what? Communication. By telling the blind man these things, in a sense, Jesus was saying that the blind man did not owe anyone an explanation for what God had done for him. He didn't have to go back to explain everything to everybody. He'd have to go back to explain everything to everybody. No, just so that they can they could know what happened. No, he didn't, he did not, he didn't, he didn't need them to be okay with what God has showed them. Jesus simply wanted the man to walk in his vision. Hallelujah. Jesus, like, hey, you don't got you don't have to go back and explain to everybody what happened. No, I just want you to walk in your vision. When God has given us a vision for our lives. We have to free ourselves from the need to explain it to each and everybody. And seek, and to, instead of seeking their validation, let me say that again. When God has given you a vision for your life, free yourself from the need to seek others for their validation. Free yourself from uh, needing to seek others to approve what God has told on you, even if it's the people that means the most to you. Because here's the thing that I have learned, that when God called you, he did not call you on a conference call. Hallelujah. But he called you individually. So you have to learn to, God, you've given me vision. I accept it. And now I'm going to walk in it. God is not looking for us to run back to people to broadcast the vision. Hallelujah. He's not looking for you to go back and forth. He simply wants you to govern yourself according to the vision he has granted you. And when you do that, the miracle will speak for itself. Hallelujah. Sometimes you don't have to prove to people. You don't have to explain to people. No, I'm just walking in my vision, and you're going to see it for yourself. The vision will speak for itself. The miracle will speak for itself. The work that God is going to do in your life will speak for itself when you walk in the vision he has given you. So the best thing to do is to just let people see that vision in you. 
Let people see that work of God in you. Let people see that miracle of God in you. You don't have to explain it. Just let them see it. People, guess what? They won't understand what, what, you, what you're going through. They won't understand what you're going through. And God tells us something contrary to our situation. But it's okay because God told us and not them. People are not going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. It's okay because God told you, not them. People are going to be like, you, you, you about out your mind doing all of that. It's okay. God didn't tell you to do it. He told me to do it. And so what I need you to do is when God gives you vision, when God gives you instruction, walk in that vision. Walk in that instruction without the need to explain it to everybody else. The disciples, even the disciples, they didn't understand when Jesus told them that he was about to get ready to go to the cross and suffer a painful death. But on the third day, he will rise up again. They didn't understand it. But one Friday, one Friday evening, they hung him out and they stretched him wide. But early on the third day morning, he got up with all power in his palm of his hand. And he got up so that we can see again. He got up to release that same power to give us vision and insight. And so now we can say today, I can see now. I can see now. I can see better days coming. I can see my joy coming. I can see, I can see my breakthrough coming. I can see God working in my life. Why? Because I can see it in Jesus. And if, let me give you this last thing. As we get ready to go, if you want to see God in all of your situations, look for God in your situation. Look for God to show up. Look for God. Look for something that God can use and pray about that. If you want vision, if you want revelation, if you want insight, you need to look for something that God can use, pray about it, and allow God to speak to you on it. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Father, my prayer is as we move forward in our lives and in our seasons, that God, you will continue to open our eyes to what you're doing behind the scenes. Father, my prayer is that just as you did for Saul when he went to the prophet, Lord God, my prayer is that you allow the scales to fall from our eyes. Father, everything that is hindering us is seeing you clearly. Father, everything that is hearing, hindering us from seeing our way, Father, hallelujah, for you said in your word that straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. Father, everything that is hindering us from seeing the way clearly, I pray now that God, that you remove it according to your will and your glory. God, I pray now that you allow the scales to fall off your people's eyes as I speak, Lord God. I pray now, hallelujah, that as I am praying, God, that you are giving them visions in their hearts. Hallelujah. You get giving them dreams. Hallelujah. That they may hope again. That they may fight again. That, Father, that they may have the motivation again. I pray now in the name of Jesus that, God, that you give your people vision of your power. Visions of your glory. God, give them a vision of what you can do in their lives if they trust you. In the name of Jesus. Father, my, let me say this. Lord, I pray now that God, as we are in this moment, give your people a vision, hallelujah, of what you can do in their lives when they trust you. God, show them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray now that you give them a vision that's going to stretch their faith. Hallelujah. Give them a vision. Hallelujah. God, that, they, that when they follow and they pursue that vision, they walk into uncomfortable, uncertain situations. But Father, my prayer is that you give them reassurance that God, that you have their back.
That, Father, that when they live out that vision, God, you're walking right there with them. That, God, that you're walking right there with them. God, give them the reassurance to trust you through it all. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen.